Hi everybody and welcome to the Lash Tribe show. I am your host, Julia Mann, owner and founder of Lash Tribe. We are a multi-award-winning eyelash extensions training company creating successful and fully booked lash artists all over the world. And in today's episode, I am actually speaking to one of the veterans in the industry, Mandy Jeffrey from Fox Cosmetics. Mandy started in beauty over 23 years ago and she has been in lashes ever since that hit Australian shores, which was about 15 years ago. And we are really diving deep in today's episode on things that you should consider when you're starting your own business, which is trusting in the right people, always knowing your numbers and also why training is so important and why there's so much wrong information out in the world of lashes as well as eyebrows. If you do a one hour infill, mm-hmm. you charge $100, your staff and your cost of your business, most likely you're not making actually any money. Oh, crap, crap. <laughs> Back then a full set was like 15 lashes and I. <laughs> extensions which were hideous and the paste which is also hideous semi-permanent mascara which is also hideous so if you would like to find out a few tips on what you should and shouldn't be doing when you're just starting out your lashes and why training is so important and all the different things and bits and pieces that are floating around in the industry that are not quite true keep on watching Mandy Jeffrey from Fox Cosmetics. Hi. And um, yeah, thank you so much for joining me today. I've already done a little bit of an introduction, but I guess it's more interesting for, for people to really hear the full story. So what did you actually do before you went into lashes and specifically brows, talking about henna and things like that? Where were you beforehand? And then what was the situation where you thought, oh, I really want to get into lashes. Yeah. Uh, So I was originally a fully qualified beauty therapist, so, or an esthetician. Uh, I have a diploma in health science and I opened up a salon when I was 20 years old on the Queen Street Mall in Brisbane. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And, um, and probably at the height of that, I had five staff members working, um, in the salon and then we moved locations and the GFC hit and I had to have two extra jobs on top of running the salon. So I sold Tupperware, I was a Tupperware lady <laughs> when I was uh, probably 29 and worked in a sunglass shop, but I don't wear sunglasses. So that was interesting. And then still did like my whole week's worth of clients in three days in the salon to keep people employed. And then I just decided to move everything home uh, and just worked in my own little bubble at home, probably doing like 20 hours a week. And um, and yes, yeah, so that was sort of like the the first probably 15 years of my journey was that. And I started doing lashes because I saw them on the Real Housewives of the OC on TV. And when I need to do that, because I've got the most piddly, pathetic eyelashes in the world. And I'm like, I need that. I can do that myself. Surely I can do everything else myself. Started doing them, had a staff member that had been taught to do them. So we're using brow tweezers with little pots of lashes and really slow glue with no lighting. And I was very, very bad at it. But back then a full set was like 15 lashes an eye. <laughs> and then I got onto all like the Facebook groups, once groups all started with that. And I'm like, oh my God, there's all this stuff out there. <laughs> and discovered Russian volume. So I invited a trainer into Australia to teach Russian volume and they did advanced brow stuff. And it was in that training that 
I saw that I wasn't the only one struggling to get further information and that the courses out here, like the, the legitimate course that I did at a training supplier told us to use B curls and you had to do 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 across the eye. That's what you had to do. And 0.20s. That was your standard. Mm. Everybody can wear that. The trainer couldn't put lashes on me. So my lashes are so fine. And I'm like, there's got to be better. There's got to be better than this because they're doing groups of eight people coming through. And I'm like, there has to be better than this. So that's when I started training. I was like, I'm like well, everyone's sort of in the same boat or same boat that the training sort of lackluster out there mm. and it's not being trained by people that are actually working on the floor or on the tools so I'll do it myself can't be that hard yeah and so. how how did you get into the whole henna situation because I remember there was like a bit of a transition and then all of a yeah. sudden it was like Henna's Mandy here. is the brow queen of Australia <laughs> now how did that happen? that happen well when we did when I brought this trainer out to Australia they did an advanced brow class which covered brow extensions um, which anyone that's been in the industry for a little while remembers brow extensions, which were hideous. Semi-permanent brow um, paste, which is also hideous, which is like semi-permanent mascara, which is also hideous, uh, in my opinion. <laughs> I agree. It's pretty, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad, right? They seem like amazing ideas at the time. It was like, in reality, it's not a great idea. Mm -hmm. um, and they also showed us henna. And I'm like, wow, because tinting didn't last on me. Tinting would last two days if I tinted my brows. And I'd had them tattooed and that didn't even last when I had them tattooed. Yeah, I just fell in love with a theory of the henna that was a more natural based product rather than, you know, a synthetic dye, even though there are synthetics, of course, and reactors and irritants in brow henna. Traditional henna is not. And I sort of fell in love with the whole process and the outcome that I personally got. I just sort of fell in love with it and everyone was very like, who is this chick from Brisbane? Like trying to spin her wares and I just kept like trucking and trucking and then we got asked for training with it and so I did um, my first training was in Brisbane with I think 15 students mm -hmm. and it's just sort of evolved from then of course it's exploded now so I would say I would be yeah probably the first person in the western side of things and you know especially in Australia and New Zealand and like that um, to bring it across the globe as to bring well. it across the globe yeah. yeah to actually get recognized for it and I've taught probably most of you know the people that are now bringing out henna products yeah. they will have gone through the online training or training mm -hmm. that I've done it like when we did lash bash and things like that and it's cool it's all about knowledge and the more knowledge we have the better we all are now I know you know a lot about it and mm -hmm. maybe we should invite you back for like a henna podcast or something <laughs> like that but let's sure. talk about the business side of things a little mm -hmm. bit what would you say are three of the things that you have done really good in the way of growing from you know having your staff and your salon in the city mm -hmm. to where you are now with a global brand what yeah. are three things that our viewers or listeners can um, take away well I can definitely tell you things I did badly but the things we'll ask that next. <laughs> the things that I did well was starting to work with more like-minded people, yeah. like yourself, Julia, to actually get to get people in your circle that actually want to see you succeed, that don't see you as competition, is definitely a huge thing. Um, listening to my mum, because <laughs> I have that personality that's like I believe everything everyone tells me, and I think everybody is wonderful, which is great i have that same issue yeah, just go, i love you you're amazing um and then unfortunately eight times out of ten you go oh mm -hmm. oh that's a shame yeah. and then my mother who's 74 will go 
told you I didn't like them. Uh -huh. yeah? yeah. So I'm starting to trust that intuition and not say yes straight away. Mm -hmm. How is this going to benefit me? And it's not about financial benefit, but it is, uh, is this a road I want to walk down? Mm -hmm. And taking a day to think about it, mm -hmm. not just go, yep, I want to do that. Yep, I want to do that. Because mm -hmm. uh, I tend to say yes a lot. That's a great tip. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just to go, yeah. give me a minute. What is the second thing which you say that you did very good? Um, I decided on, I guess my, what's the word I'm looking for? Not what my end game is, but what... Your values? My values, yeah, of like, yeah. if I wanted, especially with Fox, and I had people ask me this, you know, well, what if David Jones approached you? Would mm. you go into David, like, what would, what would you do? That's a good question. Right, what would you do if David Jones approached you for Fox? Because mm. these are, that's a big contract, right? And I'm like, but my ethics say that I'm salon. While I own it, that will never be. And it was nice finding that that was my, that's a hard no. Yeah. And that I don't want to sell to consumers. That's also a hard no of other things are flexible, but they are no, because I love the industry that I'm in. I would hate to see it sort of fall more apart than mm. it already is. Yeah. And that just shows your mm. core values and how strong mm. of a foundation you have too. Mm. And I think someone who's new in the industry, they see the dollar signs and yeah. when they get a good offer, they don't think about what what do I actually stand for. Yeah, and the long-term right. repercussions exactly. of our consumers, because there'll always be consumers that will do things themselves and that's totally fine. And I understand people have different budgets. Mm. But if our wholesalers don't protect us, and, and I think coming from a salon background to know products that I have endorsed and sold and worked very hard to do their services and do their treatments the way they want them done and then they're available on strawberry net yes. and i have clients going oh you charge 120 and i bought two for 40 and it doesn't matter how many times you tell them that could be sitting in a dock it could be fake product it could be old product it could just have been sitting in the sun for three months mm -hmm. they don't care because it's all about the do dollar at the end <laughs> and what is, what is another thing apart from your values and then um only trying to work and surround yourself with people that will bring you forward and not yeah trying to take it backwards what's another thing that you think yep done that right highly um, recommend it continuing education yes of course is that i will do as much training as i can and go to as many conferences as i can whether i'm a speaker or a sponsor or just an attendee um and go to whoever will train me i will because a lot of trainers won't train trainers because you know so much as yeah, well that's it you know and, and i get it and i get it and I, so it's definitely that continuing education and then trying not to be a brat in that continuing education to go, you're wrong. Because I could be wrong, you know, mm -hmm. and I'm always open to learning. But if you can't show me that, yeah, show me that this way is better and why. And why. And why. Yeah. Like, why do I need to have this product? Mm -hmm. What benefit is it going to do to me, myself? I have no issue spending money. I have no issue changing the way that I do things. If you can tell me the why. I want to first start with henna. It was just henna and water. Yeah. And now there's cleanser, prep, why? If someone can't tell me why, like I can tell my students why with Fox, there's there's a reason we do things the way we do it. Same with skincare. With skincare. What do know? we actually need? What do we, why what do we need vegan? these things? Yeah, what is or organic or natural? <laughs> what do these things mean? And, and uh -huh. it is, it's like, why? Tell me why I need to now put these extra steps in. Like yeah. before we never even used to cleanse lashes. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, oh, duh, of course we need to cleanse people's eyes before we start. Or we just used whatever cleanser was in our skincare range, which would have been full of oil. No wonder we had really bad retention. Yeah. But our retention was from 
wasn't as bad because we didn't isolate very well because we used brow tweezers because yeah. they didn't actually have isolation tweezers. So it's like, tell me why and then I'll understand. Just to give everyone an example of something that I thought for years <laughs> was kind of correct or at least I didn't have the knowledge otherwise. So I just believed what other people were saying. We don't know what we don't know. That is the thing. Mm. And that has to do with like a product that is tested on animals or vegan considered or whatever and I'm mm -hmm. learning it all right now yeah. doing a deployment in cosmetic chemistry yeah. that nothing in Australia is ever tested on animals because mm -hmm. we have a contract mm -hmm. we are one of quite a few countries in the world there's literally only a handful of countries including China that will mm -hmm. ever test on animals but that doesn't mean that an ingredient that's in a product maybe 20 years ago would have been tested on animals yeah but, but they've all been tested at some Point that's right but it's the branding and that mm. is what confuses the consumer because now our clients ask well is your product like tested on animals no 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 <laughs> no and mm. is it vegan yeah there is no animal product especially in, in lashes oh the, it's a plastic exactly it's ridiculous and it's just marketing it's just marketing if people say yeah. our products are not tested on animals they're vegan mm -hmm. yeah that's a given yeah. you know things like that so you yeah. gotta watch out being a consumer what sure. are some things and we can do three or two however many you can come up with mm -hmm. that you want to share with our viewers <laughs> to avoid to avoid when they're starting their own maybe brand or their own salon yeah especially with um well, with starting your own salon, some of the biggest lessons I got was don't have your heart set on a brand uh, and ask them for advice because they will only advise you on what will be a winner for them. So definitely making sure that you don't just listen to what somebody else says when they're going to... And like back then, opening orders were $14,000, yeah, right? So $14,000 was a lot of money. Yeah, so for them, that is a huge buy-in and they wanted me where they wanted me so I naively just listened to them of where I ended up which is fine because that was part of my journey but hindsight so that'd be my first thing is don't don't listen to people that have a vested interest for themselves in where you end up you're just going to take the advice you get from people with a grain of salt mm -hmm. especially if they're going to make a lot of money out of you um, and with branding and things you know we've gone through a huge branding process to create fox and then i've rebranded australian lush and brow arts to beauty lab that process was amazing um, it cost a lot of money um but again you need to know that when somebody's charging you for things that and it's not sort of a end of the deal like when we do training it's like this is what the package is it's five hundred or five thousand dollars, and this is the training. This is what's included, and there's no surprise costs. Mm -hmm. When you're dealing a lot of the times with like very big agencies, marketing agencies, advertising agencies, those things, it becomes an open-ended yeah. transaction. There is no, this is going to cost you ten thousand um, dollars, even if they quote you and say your website will cost you ten grand, mm -hmm. say, which is a lot of money. But in website worlds, websites can cost hundreds of thousands of dollars to yep. build. Um, that it's never the end price that there's always going to be these sneaky surprises that you don't think of because we don't work in that world when we quote somebody and especially when you're working on the floor and you say well our lash infill is a hundred dollars it's a hundred dollars mm. our clients don't then unless we go you know what you need more time today generally we will tell them that yeah and it will be an extra fifteen dollars or something 
you don't get told that dealing with these big companies. They just send you an invoice and it's like, oh, crap. crap. <laughs> yeah, so um, definitely making sure that you get everything in writing is a huge one. Everyone I deal with now, I um, well, they have to go through mum first, so they speak to me, and then I say you've got to go through the gatekeeper, so you need to send me an email with everything in writing that's included in what you're going to do for me, and um, you're going to go through the gatekeeper. And this is, yeah, it gets a yucky place when you're very trusting personality types like ours, mm -hmm. that we trust people to do the right thing from us, for us. Um, but they don't. And it's a little bit heartbreaking, yeah. but, but you've got to put your big girl pants on and go, well, I would like that in writing, please. Yeah. You know, and I think everyone has to get ripped off in these industries, and as you grow, you get ripped off. But the only way to protect yourself is getting it all in writing and not just trusting. Anything else? Where you think, oh, this is um, what I did wrong. Things are a little bit easier now, I think, with like online booking and stuff like that. Yeah. But, you know, deposit systems and charging booking fees and all those things like I would definitely be if I was trying to start a business again now being hands-on I would definitely have online booking um and be charging deposits you know or booking fees For sure. um you know back in the old days we didn't have that we didn't even have mobile phones when I started, <laughs> when I started my business we didn't have mobile phones we didn't really have the internet we did but no one really knew how to use it um but now you've got that method of being able to secure those appointments and communicate quite clearly with your clients that they will lose that fee if they don't and no matter what the excuse is uh, i tend to give people you know i get out of jail free card once a year they cannot be charged you know mm -hmm. so it's like if they're sick if you know if something's happened i'll go okay cool do you want to use your get out of jail free card and this appointment floating deposit yeah it just floats from one to the other yeah. yeah and then if they miss it that's gone it's gone yeah <laughs> you know but if someone's i don't know son's in hospital every second appointment oh yeah you know or their mother dies two or three times you yeah know? they have gastro all, all the time. time then it's like well i'm not the person for you yeah. i'm not my business is not flexible enough to be able to to compensate is that what you would say because that's a great mm. great yeah. great thing to tell people because yeah. i get asked that question a lot from mm. you guys as well what do I do if I want to get rid of a client? How do yeah. you handle that situation? Yeah. So what I've done before is I've apologised for not being flexible enough to be able to accommodate their needs. You know, and apologise, said, I'm so sorry, I can't. I'm just, but I don't have online booking. I only had online booking for a very small amount of time and then I got rid of it because I didn't want people to see when I was booked or when mm -hmm. I wasn't booked because then mm -hmm. you can never say you're fully booked if you've got online booking and they can see that you've yeah. got bookings free. But you have said that to a client that, you know, I'm not flexible enough for her her child's needs, you know, because the child was constantly in hospital. Yeah. It was the excuse all the time. She was constantly in hospital. I'm like, I'm so sorry your son's unwell. Um, I I can't accommodate you anymore though because I can't be flexible enough because I rely on being booked to be able to make my pay, you know, my rent or mortgage mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, and another instance where I had a client that every time she got lash, lashes done, she complained. They were too short. They were too long. They were too full. They weren't full enough. They were this. They were that. And it got to the point where, because I don't do much for free, mm. right? So if someone had massive loss within the first couple of days, of course, come in, let me look. Let me fix this up. Yeah. yeah I'll fix it. No problem. Let me know and I'll fix it. But if it's like at seven days and they're like, I'm not happy, send you a message. And she was an older woman. And... Oh. Um, it's, oh, it's exhausting. And I just called her and I said, you know, it makes me very sad that you're not happy with the services and I feel guilty taking your money for something you're not happy about. So 
you know, I can give you places that might be able to do this better for you because I feel bad taking your money. I love that. Right? And she immediately changed the tune and went, no, I love what you do. Reverse psychology. psychology. Yeah. Because yeah. it is. I'm like, I don't like you anymore as a person, so I don't want you coming <laughs> in to see me because you just, I'm like, I can't make you happy and it makes me sad. So one of my really good friends and mentors who actually had me as a guest on his podcast, Kim Barrett from The Kim Barrett Show, he actually asked every single guest uh -huh. one question at the very end, which I didn't know until I, it was my turn. Um, and I want to kind of incorporate that because I think that's uh -huh. so important because I ask you all the questions that I think might be interesting for the viewers. Uh -huh. But what is one question that you wish I would have asked you? Oh, mm. okay. I guess one of the biggest things I see in the industry, which is like not spoken about very much is pricing. Um, there's a lot of talk about how do we service-based, how you price your services, but then us as wholesalers and trainers, how do we figure out our pricing mm. and the slack we can cop about that, yeah? That I see it, we, I just came back from Canada from a trade show, like so an estheticians trade show, and um, Brent and I were there. Who's he's one of my fox trainers, and he we were doing demonstrations, and a lot of people were saying, "So how much should we charge? How much should we charge in the service?" I'm like, "Well, what are your costs?" Mm -hmm. and they're like, "I have no idea." I'm like, "Well, this will cost you about five dollars, okay?" I'm like, oh, and I'm like, "I charge sixty five dollars for half an hour because I need to do." 120 to 130 an hour to cover my costs and make some money in my salon, okay? So for me to open when I had um, a bigger salon, it cost me $55 an hour to open my doors mm. and not pay any staff and not get paid. So people out there that are doing lashing fills for 60 bucks, you're making five, what's the, what's the point? That's a coffee. It's no point. It's not even a coffee anymore, right? No. And so we do a lot of coaching and you probably do the same thing on, and we can't do a lot with it because I'm not a financial advisor or anything like that, but it's like, That's you've your got experience. to, this experience, you know yeah, you know, that you need to break down all of your costs down to, you can break it down to 10 minutes, you can break it down to the minute, or you can break down, I do things by the hour because usually lash and fills are an hour, yeah. brow henna is half an hour, mm -hmm. but if you know those prices um, of what it costs you to open your doors, that's air conditioning, you know, or your electricity, your water, your gas, your rent, insurance, having a staff member sit there doing nothing, right? Having, yeah. you know, the phones, your mobile, your internet, you know, what if the computer breaks down to have that extra bit of cash there that if something does go wrong, you can fix it, right? Mm -hmm. What does that actually cost? And then take your taxes out to, because remember, you've got to pay tax regardless. The government wants their money and it's not just DST, it's you know, your income tax as well. And you need to put all of that aside so you don't get surprise bills at the end because I've had surprise bills before. I'm like, oh, hmm. Oopsie. Oopsie. <laughs> Didn't put that money aside. And, or it's been spent on another bill coming through, yeah. right? Um, is to make sure that you've got all of that covered so you know what is my break even and put your own pay and put your super in there. You That's know? That's the thing. Super right? Too, yeah. If you're running a business with staff and your staff are taking home more money than you, what is the point? <laughs> like, what, what, yeah. what is what is what is the point? What go go and work for somebody else? Like, I see so many, um, you know, new people to the industry that are like, oh, I'm just learning, so I'm just charging sixty dollars a full set, and I totally get it. I used to charge, I can't remember what I charged when I started, but it was probably ridiculous. But I cost for less. My full time staff were about sixteen dollars an hour, right? 
Lash techs are getting paid $25 to $30 an hour. I know. It's such a high-paying industry. Which blows my mind because that's more than what a level six beauty therapist gets paid. Yeah. Right? Who can sell $500 in an hour. Right? that's right. And when you look at it like that, you go, (laughs) that is insane. As a salon owner, though, as a business owner, if you've got staff that you're paying $30 an hour, you then have to do their super, which is nine and a half, so 10%, so $33 an hour. Yeah. Then their insurance on top and the other insurance on top, you're looking at about $45 an hour. If you're charging $50 for a set of lashes and your salon costs of $55 an hour, it costs you, what's that, $90, $100. Mm-hmm. Cost you cost you $100 to make no money. Cost you $100 to make no money. So we're talking about one hour. One hour. If you do a one hour infill, mm-hmm. you charge a hundred dollars. Your staff and your costs of your business. Most likely, you're not making actually any money no. at all, which is not why we're in business. Yeah. So even if you're working from home, those sort of things, I've always sort of priced myself that. You know, I've paid GST from the start, and I always recommend my students charge like they're doing GST because a ten percent hike is a lot when you get to seventy five thousand, yes. which is Australian, of course. Um, is to factor all of that into your costings. And because a set of lashes costs $15 for a new set of lashes, like $15 to $20 to do, right? So that's why people go, oh, I can just charge $45, I'm making $25. Bucks. What's $25? That doesn't buy you McDonald's, you know? Like it doesn't buy you a Happy Meal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like you got to think beyond that. And, if, and that's all money mindset stuff and it takes a long time to get around that. But then we find it as well as suppliers you know, and I'm sure you see it on forums as well of like, what's the best AliExpress buy, you know, person to buy product off? I can get my lash trace for $2. You charge me, you know, 25. It's like, yeah, because I have staff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for yeah. me to have someone packing orders, <laughs> I need rent. to. Yeah. And rent, electricity. electricity. We have the same things. So we would never, as trainers, recommend you to charge $15 a set to do lashes because that's what it costs you. Just as we can't charge $15 for a tray of lashes because that's what it costs us to get it landed, that it's all part of business, it's all part of that ecosystem of having a business. And yeah, we shouldn't be made feel, women especially get made to feel guilty about making money. Mm. You know, and we shouldn't. Money is just a transference of, of energy, right? And you can see out there, I've had a few conversations in the last two weeks with people really worried about the economy yeah like really really worried because sales have shifted there's been a big shift i've seen a huge shift in sales and and it is scary you know Mm -hmm. like we are on one income my my partner has a busted back not broken but it's not good um and so we're on one income it's like thank goodness we got a mortgage i could pay by myself yeah because we probably couldn't afford rent Mm. yeah and people see they see you as a supplier and teaching and they're like, wow, you must be rolling in it. And it's like, well, sometimes. <laughs> sometimes it's amazing. I rebrand. Yeah. And then I don't. <laughs> and then I've got no money left. <laughs> oh, thank you so Pleasure. much for thank joining you so much for me. Now, I do have a round of rapid fire questions. Oh, if you're up okay. Right. All right. Okay. Some yep. of them may not apply to you, so just throw whatever answer in okay. that you think applies to you. Okay. okay. Ready? All right. Yes. Beach or sightseeing? Beach. Coffee or wine? Rum. Rum. <laughs> I expected that question, actually. Yeah, spiced rum. <laughs> Favourite country you have travelled to in the last 12 months? Ooh. Oh, I've been, yeah, last year was a little bit crazy. 
the Rockies in Canada. Yeah. That was the most amazing experience. Like, awesome. Like a postcard. Just amazing. Yeah. yeah. Pizza or pasta? Oh, um, pizza. That took a while. Yeah, because like I do, I do like a good carbonara. <laughs> yes, right. I make a really good carbonara. I know, I've heard that. Um, yes, <laughs> I've heard, I've heard. Um, favorite artist, like as in singer. At the moment, I'm listening to heaps of Lizzo, mm -hmm. but my all-time favorite would have to be Tom. Uh, favorite ice cream flavor? Chocolate. Home or travel? Ah, uh, home. <laughs> I'm on. <laughs> yeah, getting getting back was like <gasps> couch, dog, partner. Well, Netflix. Part, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much what I did yesterday. Yes. Yeah. Good, good choice. Yeah. Rain or sunshine? Oh, sunshine, but without the Brisbane heat. Yes. It's without not the nice humidity. Right yeah. Mm. So sunshine without humidity. Yeah. But not too dry. <laughs> like 23 degrees with a slight breeze. Okay, <laughs> not specific at all. <laughs> not picky. <laughs> Sounds like our winter, but in the end of winter. Yes. It's the best. The yeah. end of our winter. Yes. Start of spring. Yeah, yeah. October yeah. is just nice. Favorite thing to do on the weekend if it's not work related? Um, oh, God. Netflix. Mm -hmm. Anything still, else? Anything we used to love doing rock and roll dancing. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Um, my partner and I used to do a lot of rock and roll dancing, but then life just got crazy. Yeah. But just spending time with yeah Shane and the dog yeah and what do you watch on Netflix at the moment uh, we just finished Altered Carbon I see that two. all the time is it, it is good? amazing okay I'm getting into it I'm amazing. watching Stranger it's like, at the moment like we'll do your head in yeah I like that mm. kind of thing it's like totally future <sighs> yeah cool uh, yeah it's it's pretty crazy shameless plug you're welcome yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay and the last our second last classical volume Oh, volume. Mm -hmm. And then one thing no one knows about you. Oh. I can think of some naughty things, but I'm not going to... We um, can do naughty. Um, <laughs> um, 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 things that people don't know about me. Mm -hmm. I I ran away from home a lot. <laughs> from about at the age of three. Holy moly. Yeah, three or four. Oh, I used to like... Mother. I know. Yeah, they... Um, I think it was like three or four. I chucked the punanis one day and I packed up an apple, a bread knife, spare undies... <laughs> And um, just like, they said, I'm out of here. Where did you go? Um, we were living on acreage uh -huh. then. So I walked up to the main road and I was still walking. My dad apparently was like, shouldn't we go and get Mandy? Like to my mum. And she's like, teach her a lesson. Uh-huh. And I'm like, I could have been abducted. Mm. Oh, another thing. I was actually hitchhiking in Byron Bay. I don't know if I just because my mum doesn't know this. My mum doesn't know it. Hitchhiking in Byron Bay when schoolies was on. Schoolies was on. And that was just as Ivan Milat was like going through court. So, like, he used to pick up hitchhikers mm -hmm. from Byron. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But anyway, but yeah, I used to run away. But you're still here, so it's I'm still okay. here, so it's fine. It's all right. Yeah. She just had a run yeah. with him. and Yeah, that's yeah. It was all good. <laughs> he was like, she'll put up too much of a slight. But yeah, definitely, I used to run away as a teenager. I was a brash, total brat. I'm so sorry, mum. But I was, I was an awful teenager, which is when you're supposed to be awful. Well, now we are... At the end of this now if anyone wants to reach you regarding your salon products fox, fox cosmetics, cosmetics. um yeah. lashes the new brand where do people find you um info at foxcosmetics.com.au is um for fox and beauty lab will be sales at beautylab.com because nothing's live yet that's okay it might but be by be, the time be, so, yeah so yeah. it's yeah yeah it'll be sales at beauty lab we'll have a website for beauty lab which is 
are completely locked. So sell on only, you've got to apply to get mm -hmm. part of it because I'm not selling any of it to members of the public. Okay. Yeah. And if anyone wants to do your online training, do you offer that worldwide? Worldwide. Or? Okay. Worldwide with kids. Yep, with so kids, every, everything's that's awesome. included. And that's yeah. on Fox, Fox Cosmetics. And where can people find your products worldwide? Worldwide, we've got distributors in America. So we have two distributors in America, one in Texas, one in California. Mm -hmm. We have um, one in Canada and that's it so far. Awesome. So, but we ship worldwide. Great. Yeah. Thank yeah. you so much for coming. Thank this you was for having good. me. And I think, uh, I know that a lot of you got a lot out of it. If there's any questions, obviously mm. jump onto social and ask. I'm happy yep. Mandy. I'm sure Mandy will answer. Yeah. And I will see you all at the next Lash Tribe show. Bye. <laughs> Wow, this was long.